Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years. And each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is overcoming obstacles, where we're going to be looking at all of the things that get in your way from having everything that is that you want in your life. First, I would like to introduce your speaker for tonight. You have an amazing guest this evening, Mr. Todd Campbell. He began his journey with PSI seminars in 2000 by attending the PSI Basic Seminar. And then in 2005, he became an instructor for the class. As a direct result of using the tools from the PSI courses, he has started multiple companies, creating the liberty to spend his time having incredible relationships with family and friends and having a phenomenal marriage. He is a very successful businessman, a dynamic speaker, and a true family man. Todd, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good evening, Kat. Good evening. Welcome. Well, thank you for the wonderful intro. And the topic for this evening is overcoming obstacles. And there are plenty of obstacles out there. If you want to truly focus on them, you can find, oh, let's just say, numerous opportunities to do so. And so one thing I want to start off with this on this call is really kind of not only defining an obstacle, but defining the difference between an obstacle and a problem. I think oftentimes in life we can look at, or let's just say, things that are here and over-exaggerate them, really make them into an obstacle when they're not. They're just a problem. And so when we define an obstacle, the Latin word that is the source of the word obstacle, it really combined in two parts. It meant to stand in the way of. So an obstacle is something that stands up against what you want to do. In a dramatic piece such as, well, let's say Shakespeare, the obstacle is the person or thing that keeps the character from achieving his or her goal. And so obstacles are set in motion. They are fast and set. They don't oftentimes just arise out of the blue. They're pretty much there, constant. And you can kind of look at it as if you were running track. I know that the hurdlers I had a great respect for because to keep up all the tempo changed from not only just being fast in motion to then perfect timing, perfect extension, overcoming that hurdle, only to get right back in motion. And that repetitive, if you will, almost no slowdown and overcoming the obstacle. And in using that example, the obstacles are already set in place. It's really defining how I'm going to go over, around it, not let it be what stops me. And so I'm going to pause for a moment on that definition of obstacle and really kind of take a look at, oh, let's just say what the difference is between just a problem. Problems occur. And so obstacles are more than just problems. Problems occur, whereas obstacles are already there. Problems are more finite than obstacles, and problems rarely last forever. You can seek to solve problems to achieve the best possible outcome, but even if you don't take any action, a problem is really going to reach some kind of resolution eventually. 
though it may not be the resolution you want, it will come to an end. An obstacle won't change. It doesn't go away. It doesn't remove itself. Nothing changes unless something is done about it. And so we can come up with, let's just say, all kinds of techniques or the top 10 ways to get around obstacles. But I think it's important to define when you're looking at problems, you can make them bigger than they need to be. And the only way out of a problem is a direct action. Something in the moment has changed. Your expectations are being met. And you can either react to it or you can respond to it. And I'm going to say as long as we stay in that spot of react, the problem overwhelms us. And so just kind of pushing that one off the plate then, we really look at obstacles and they are set. And so the biggest thing to overcoming obstacles is having something you want more than the comfort of not challenging the obstacle. If at the end of the day, you don't want it more than the comfort of not challenging the obstacle, you're never going to take a move on it. And so one of the opportunities I had in this journey called Psy Seminars was the men's leadership center. And truly getting in alignment with that 5, 10, 15-year vision of really the man that I wanted to become, the difference I wanted to make, how I wanted to be spending my time, and the man I wanted to be in my family and getting really finite and set on that vision, having an emotional attachment to it, having, let's just say, an overdraft account of rigor, discipline, and fortitude at any given time because of I wanted it that much. And there were a lot of obstacles set in place, and every time I came up against them and were able to use the tools that you know the graduates of these seminars have around their own vision – it really was an opportunity, and I know we've all heard that obstacles are an opportunity for growth, but an opportunity to see glimpses of that man that I wanted to become. It was either to shy away from that vision of that man or literally take steps into him and see visions of that man that I wanted to become that would truly have to be present to have that vision that big. And so when I use examples of overcoming obstacles, because we're going to go to some more, I'm just going to say, finite definitions of how that looks in particular circumstances when we go to the question and answer part of this call. But as far as obstacles go, just to give you a tangible, oh, let's just say, realm of where I'm coming from, you know, cancer came up in my life. Cancer was not a temporary problem. Uh, it was not going to go away. It really was one of those, literally an obstacle, either overcome it or no longer be on the face of this planet, no longer be a part of my sons and my wife's lives. And so truly in that moment when, let's just say, an insurmountable obstacle came up, getting diagnosed with stage four cancer, I really had an opportunity to maybe learn more about this topic than I would have taken on by myself. <clears throat> when there's an obstacle... There's not an immediate solution sometimes. In fact, you may have to take back intention mechanism in a whole new way to just be able to step back from it enough to look at what is the action I can take in this moment that is going to cause a difference, that's going to be in alignment with my vision. What is the one step I can take right now? Because one thing I know is to take no action on the obstacles, as I said, nothing changes. They'll get meaner, they'll get nastier, they'll 
almost multiply in strength and power. And so sometimes it really comes down to what is the one thing I can do in this moment? What's the one thing I can do today to chip at that obstacle, to take an edge off of it, to even start to dig underneath it, to in any way, shape, or form, what is the one thing I can do today? And then to ask yourself at the end of the day, did I do everything I could do on that? And so this all sounds good in theory, but again, where do you get the motivation? Where do you get, um, let's just even say the proper mindset to not feel defeated, to not feel overwhelmed, maybe not powerful enough? And again, I'm going to say this is why obstacles shut people down because they're not moving, they're not going away. And your attitude sometimes has to shift to see the other side of what is possible before you can go to a solution orientation of taking any steps on that obstacle. I know that sometimes as adults we think so literally, it's almost that we get so stuck in the problem we cannot see a way out of it, we can't see any alternate opportunity because we can't figure out the how. And so when there's an obstacle, if we just concentrate on the how, the how, the how, the how, I know everybody's heard when your why is strong enough, you'll come up with something. But to almost put a magic wand in your hand, to almost, if this was make-believe, what would I want to have happen? What would I want to do? What would the solution be? That with an emotional attachment, that opportunity for creativity, for solution orientation, even if you have to play in a land of almost, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play in a land of make-believe for the next 10 minutes and just go, the green light thinking, as Bob Proctor would call it, nothing but solution orientation. And then to take action on it. Action is going to be the biggest thing in overcoming your obstacles. So the big opportunity I have to try and articulate anything that makes sense is how do you get to whereas there's only one acceptable outcome? Only one acceptable outcome, period. That you would do anything in your power that there's no plan B because it takes away from plan A. What would it take to get that certain, that clear on your goals? And to stand in behind it that way, what would that power do for, if you will, truly feeling like you had the strength to take on your obstacles? Sometimes we even think we have the solution or know what we would need to do, but maybe not see ourselves capable, not have that strength. What would it have to do? How big would your dreams have to be? And how much would you have to want them to where there's only one acceptable outcome? If an obstacle came up, it wasn't even anything other than that hurdle we talked about at the beginning of kind of painting a picture of somebody striding down that track and overcoming or, in this case, leaping over that obstacle. And so I think we delved into a lot of, oh, Similar topics to anything else we could go over in personal growth. One's got to start with self-awareness, knowing what makes you tick, having an emotional attachment, having passion in your life to really do any of these things. And so I looked for a while on the Internet about overcoming obstacles. And the funny thing was there were a lot of blogs on it, but there were even more, I'm just going to say, opportunities to read this book, order this DVD set, order these CDs, everybody I think has a different solution for how they overcome the obstacles in their life because 
your obstacle to be unique. Problems can come up. Problems can be universal. Um, the economy going out can be a problem. It may not even be an obstacle, though, because I know some people that, if you will, benefit or react or respond differently to these opportunities and actually can make more money in a downturn than they were in a stable market, supposedly. But problems can affect everybody. Obstacles are usually unique to each person. And so I may sound redundant here. You've got to be clear on what you want. And here's the thing. Nobody said it would be easy, but they said it'd be worth it. Because I'll restate it again. It's my firm opinion that the greatest thing about the obstacles that come up, if you're firm on your vision, they really are that training ground, the gymnasium, to start to work out with who is the man or woman I get to practice being in this moment. And who is that person that can really hold the vision? How would I be that person now before it even is? And so it takes the I am into consideration. I think another piece that's crucial to truly taking a solution orientation to obstacles is getting back in touch with some of the greatest tools that are ever in our hands as graduates of these courses, the basic, if you will, toolbox of screen of the mind an amazing tool to see it as you want it because that's the biggest time obstacle to be in your face and you'll feel, if you will, defeated by them is because they're so strongly against the expectation you have of what you want in that moment. And so to be able to see it differently, to believe differently, to see it differently, to get emotionally attached to that different picture, absolutely huge ones. Um, I don't think I'd be speaking out of turn if I say when the obstacles come up the hardest, that's when our programs, the old belief system, the sock puppets, if you will, that come up in our mind, who are you to do this? You can't. Oh, my God, just give up now. Stop. Those voices are going to get very loud when obstacles come up. And so I think it's, again, an opportunity to really maybe have to practice these tools at a whole different level of what is the beliefs about me that would serve in this moment. How do I need to, if you will, shift? Because obstacles are the perfect training ground to use every single tool that we talk about in these seminars. The most common oh problem, because I would classify this under the problems that we usually have, is to get what we want, it's probably going to take longer than we want it to, and we're going to have to expend more effort than, if truth be known, we would really want to do to do so. If it was something we were purchasing on, we would start with a much lower offer than what oftentimes we end up paying in those areas of our life for the things we say we really want. And so the beauty in this is if you really want a strategy for overcoming obstacles, it falls back into you got to want it bad enough to have it because I get asked all the time, why did it shut me down continuously? Because that's the other thing about obstacles. They'll be the same ones oftentimes that will come up again and again and again until we overcome them. Why haven't I gotten there yet? And the most blunt answer I can give is because you don't want it bad enough yet. Many people know the story of, you know, J.K. Rowling, and she got obstacles in a big way. When she wrote that book, Harry Potter, um, 
monumentous amount of work. She went hours and hours. I can't even imagine. Turned it into the publishers, and they rejected it. She wrote it again, because that's a big obstacle. If the publishers will not accept it, you can feel any way you want about it. It's, it's not going to get out there. It's not going to be published. you got some work to do. Not once, not twice, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, not ten, not eleven, but twelve times she rewrote that, overcoming the obstacle, and now she is one of the richest women on the face of this planet. I understand she's richer than the Queen of England, going from a, if you will, single mother, barely able to make it. Will you go twelve times? For your dreams. And I think therein lies the absolute answer to how do you overcome obstacles. If you want it bad enough and you'll use the tools that we're given and truly go to seeing the positive image of what is capable and take action every day, that's going to be the key to overcoming obstacles. There is no magic fairy dust. There is no, if you will, easy way around. And so, Kat, at this point, um, I really think to go more defining, if we go to some of the questions, because I think it really is those principles, but how do I apply it to my particular circumstance? Yes, we have plenty of questions here. A lot of people want to know how to overcome their obstacles. First off, let's start with BL. How do you get out of your own way and stop overthinking everything? (laughs) Well, you know, I know some people that their slogan, and uh, I can't say I coined this, is There's nothing I cannot make more difficult. And when we go to total analysis of how we're going to get it done and overthink everything and we got to build the perfect mousetrap, I'm going to say again, it stalls off action. And so when we're in action, we learn more than any other point, especially when we're up against obstacles, because if we knew exactly how to get around them, we would. And so I'm going to just suggest it's about that old fail forward. Be willing to make mistakes in the process of overcoming obstacles. If you're going to overthink it to the point of there's only the perfect solution, I'm going to suggest you're never going to get over it because they'll shift and move faster than you do. So taking action is the biggest thing. So stop overthinking everything. Think about, again, I'll go back to something I said earlier. What is the one step, like tangible action step I can take on this today? And even if it's not perfect, be willing to fail at it. But no matter what, to not lay your head on that pillow unless you take an action step on it. That's really how we find where we want to tweak, how we want to move it, what was effective, if you will, and what was ineffective, and make the tweaks. Ready for the next question, Kat? Yeah, next from DN. How can you tell the difference between resistance and an obstacle? Well, I want to suggest an obstacle is an outside, if you will, opportunity. Resistance is usually internal. And so any time that we go into resistance, in other words, not accepting what is, not willing to move forward, not willing to take accountability, to be in that form of resistance, that is generally speaking an internal piece. Obstacles, generally speaking, lie outside of us. Now, we can at times be our own worst obstacle, and that's a whole different conversation. And so I'm going to just go back to an easy test. Um, What's the fear about? If there's fear, generally speaking, we're talking resistance. If it's a feeling of no solution, 
it's more of an obstacle. I think the best way we can ever address fear is what am I most afraid of and why? Um, for some people, it's the fear of failing. For some people, it's even the fear of success. And when there's fear, there'll always be resistance. When we are really in tune and in touch with our destiny, if you will, or our vision, and we want it that much, it's funny. Fear cannot exist in the presence of love. They're two opposite energies. And so when we truly love this vision of our life, love the person we get to become to do that, all of those things, there's a dissipation of fear. Now, we can still be challenged. Resistance will always come with fear. So in moving yourself forward out of resistance, Again, this is where it's going to come into if it's internal, it's a fake it till you make it. It is, again, about taking action. It really is about believing it at some level and really stepping into it. Kat? All right. Next from ER, how do I know when to continue and when to give up? You know, I think, again, that's uh, why it's so absolutely essential to really have your goals have a purpose. I think too often times in life we can set goals because it sounds good to everybody else. Maybe it's because uh, it's further than we've gone last year. It might even be traditional to do it at a New Year's uh, opportunity. But there's a big difference between having a vision of your life, truly your non-negotiables. I, I absolutely will have these things in my life. Because if they get down to that determinable, number one, you're going to be twice as aware of all the opportunities the universe is giving you to draw them in. Number two, you're twice as likely to take action on because you're emotionally connected to it. And number three, when you're in that space, you don't ever give up. If it is that important to you, if it truly is that much in alignment with you, you don't ever give up. You may have to withdraw. You might have to even take a step back. You might even have to come at it totally different. But again, I think that's such an amazing opportunity in this work, uh, side seminars, to truly find that person, to find that alignment, to find those things that, if you will, you would absolutely take a stand for in your life. And I think that's what separates our graduates from, I'm just going to say, not that we're any better or any worse than anybody else, but that more aligned version of somebody who is in tune with who they are and what they want to create. And to take that to the extreme, um, again, I can't speak highly enough of the opportunities up at LS to truly get in line with that vision, and then to take it back and start to live it. Um, have a unique opportunity. This is actually my 15-year anniversary for my LS class was in March. And to pull out that document that I had wrote that uh, at the time I had no idea no idea how to get there. The man that I saw in this vision, I didn't even, if we were honest on a, on a good day, wasn't even sure he could exist on a bad day. I was certain there was no way. And to truly use this work and come forward, every single thing on that vision that I was attached to in that manner that we talk about, in other words, really connected to it, it wasn't just a filler in there, has absolutely 100% tangibly happened in my life. And I think great clarity definitely gives us a continuancy, a, a consistency, I guess is the best way to say it. And if you're consistent in your actions and you're consistent in your emotional connection to your goals, never give up. Always take action. Chat? 
Uh, great. Next from CG. Uh, she asks, how to recognize obstacles and how do you look at obstacles that seem insurmountable? Well, I don't how to recognize obstacles. I'll start there. Um, recognizing obstacles, it kind of goes back to the start of the conversation I had. Obstacles are truly different than problems. Problems are single momentary opportunity. They're going to come to a solution. They're moving. And so... Obstacles are those big ones in your life, the ones that absolutely, let's say they've shut you down. Oftentimes, I'll just speak from I in my life, my biggest obstacles had shut me down two, three, four, five times. I was familiar with them. I knew them. I could have called them by name. And so that's oftentimes how I'll just for me state the difference in a problem to an obstacle. It's repetitive. It's, it's there. It is the big bully on the playground that never leaves you alone. And when they seem insurmountable, they'll come in different forms. Some of them may be financial, some of them may be relationship. They will always challenge your firm beliefs about you. And by firm ones, I mean, let's just say we've got some that are very positive. We've got some that are our worst enemies. And so you get the opportunity to reaffirm the ones that are positive, but you definitely will hear the other ones scream out. And so they'll come in all different forms. And so how do you look at obstacles that seem insurmountable? You've got to see yourself as bigger than the obstacle at some point. Again, why the tools in this organization are so vital. One big thing, support yourself. Get a support system around you. Share your goals with them. When you're having a bad day, when the world is, let's just say, not needing you evenly at all, check in with your support system. I know I'll speak from I. Oftentimes, I don't utilize all the support around me. That's a huge thing in what can seem as insurmountable obstacles. Another thing, truly, keep progress charts. Remind yourself how far you've come. Oftentimes, we'll start goals, and I think the best definition I can give it is that we see ourselves every day. So I'm, a, I'm in a health world right now. Some weeks I'm seeing the results I want, some weeks I'm not. But if I remind myself and look at where the progress started, because we don't see it every day. Somebody may not see us for six months and we're on a health program. They may be like, oh, my God, you don't even look like the same person. But I'll speak for mine. I'm not seeing the results I want at points. So, again, keep tracking. Keep a measure of your successes. On the lowest day when you're getting, let's just say, the world meeting you less than halfway and energy, Remind yourself how far you've come and where you really are capable of going is another opportunity. Huh? Okay, next up from Jay-Z. How do you pick up and move forward when you feel so lost and defeated? Well, you know, this opportunity sound almost redundant, and I'm going to do it at the risk of being so. You've got to develop a new dream, a new vision, a new, even if it's only your subconscious reality, a new way to see things. If I continue to see myself as defeated at the bottom of the rung, uh, not capable, no, no passion for anything else, I'm not going to move. Um, I think we've always maybe played off the saying, maybe I have played off the saying when I've heard it of, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. And 
you have to believe at some level, even if it's minuscule, even if we go back to, let's just say even one of the childhood stories I was taught, you know, even the little engine had to start to, I think I can, I think I can, take steps, take action, turn into, I hope I can, I know I can, I am. And so I'll say it again. What do you want? What are your dreams? And where you are now, maybe is what to remind yourself, has nothing to do with, has no relevancy whatsoever on where you can go or who you can become. We live in one of the freest nations. We enjoy freedoms today, right now in this nation. And, you know, God bless the 1% that serve and provide us that opportunity. I don't agree with always why they're out there, but I always am thankful for the opportunities that they provide. For you not to take action, you know, there's something you can do today, but again, no one in this arena is here to rescue anyone. You've got to want it for yourself. No one can want it more than you do. So even if it's just you decide one thing you want and start to take steps on it, the one thing about hope and faith is they're contagious. You start to show them in one area of your life, you start to see a little bit of a result. They really start to fill in the blanks. Uh, great. Next from Gigi. Why is it so hard to convince our mind that we're heading in the right direction? Because we'll never see progress fast enough. <laughs> you see, I see it all done on Facebook. Uh, here's your sign. If you're looking for a sign, here it is. Um, we want things when we want them. And generally speaking, we want them now. And so when we start to I think it's a, maybe a finite detail that's great that's brought up because I was talking on one of the last answers about really checking in on your progress and defining it. And that is one thing for sure. But if we start to not just define the progress, what was effective, if it was effective, how would I duplicate it, how would I, you know, what other areas would it be more effective in? If it was ineffective, what would I do different? And I think that's a cognitive look that we have to take in, in order to duplicate success. But it really starts with the mindset. If all I'm looking at is the failure of it, if I'm literally scared of what I'm doing more than the passion I have for doing it, I can stack that evidence falsely in a hurry. No one on the face of this planet likes to be wrong. And so as far as that goes, how do I know when I'm going in the right direction? It's in alignment with your heart. It doesn't mean, generally speaking, the right direction is the path of not least resistance, but most resistance. And so if it's in alignment with your heart, it's not about how much resistance there is. A river doesn't carve through a mountain because it's easy. It's because it's persistent. And so, again, I'm a firm believer. Know who you are, know what you want, have priorities, have at least 13 points on your life where you are so clear of where you want the destination to be and really do things that are in alignment with you. And it may not always be easy, but if you're headed in the right direction, in other words, your polar compass is in alignment with that man that you truly want to be or that woman you truly want to be, that's how you know you're going in the right direction. And it's probably going to be difficult. That's a good sign, too, if... <laughs> the, the places you want to go are probably the road, the road least traveled. If everybody was going there, it's called mediocrity. Probably not where you want to end up. Pat? Uh, most definitely. Next from DD. When you wake up, 
and things seem daunting and you do not know where to get started, then where do you begin? I'll just tell you my personal ritual. Start with gratitude. If you truly, the second you wake up in the morning, before you even get out of bed, what most people do is they get out of bed, they start looking at their emails, they start looking at, if you will, all the media devices, and they see more fires they got to put out or more overwhelm. Start with your gratitudes every morning. What are you truly grateful for? What are the great pieces in your life? If you have to even, let's just say, think a little harder on some mornings than others, to really, what are you grateful for in your life and why are you grateful for it? It's an amazing opportunity to really get grounded in, let's just say, the space that attracts abundance. And then secondly, your affirmations. Huge one in the morning. Who is the man you want to be today? And to really get grounded in that, really get solved with your affirmations. I think if you start with those two wonder twin powers in the morning, gratitudes and affirmations, every piece of your day will start to go better. And then, of course, on, uh, there is no other magic fairy dust I know of. Then you got to get out of the bed. And then you really got to make a plan for action and do something. But again, two great pillars to stand on, even if your legs don't feel strong enough that morning. Gratitude and truly, what are your IMs? What are your observations for the rest of the day that you want to have? Kat? Uh, that ties into here from PG. Uh, how do I get rid of all the negative thoughts in my head? Um, here's the bad news. They're not going away. Um, scientifically proven, literal channels get carved out in our brains. You have a chemical synapsis that happens, chemically addicted to how we think. And it's why the value of this work is really in staying in it and staying engaged in it. Because the programs are not, those negative voices are not going away. But it really comes down to um, putting in the new opportunities. Putting in the new beliefs, the new, if you will, I am's, the new statements about yourself that even if you have to find yourself switching in the moment of, no, that is totally ineffective, who is the person I need to be in this moment and how would that person speak to themselves? So I heard a great, we were at the speakers convention uh, front and center in Vegas where we as the facilitators got an amazing opportunity to really do what I love to do what best. Part of the reason I can't wait for Summit later this year is get in and really engage with the other MLS and WS grads in this company because they are just such phenomenal people. And we heard a statement at that opportunity, front and center, that was a little different than I've ever heard it. I have always heard, fake it until you make it. But this statement was just slightly, if you will, tweaked in my opinion to a, a whole different space of amazing. And that is, Fake it until you become it. Literally, truly, it is retraining your brain. You've got two choices. You let the negative voices take over or get really strengthened in the positive ones, be disciplined with them. The negative ones, here's the, I mean, the easiest thing that just came to me to really articulate this. And I, I, no one had to teach me as an infant to throw a temper tantrum. No one had to teach me to do that. That was automatically ingrained in me when things didn't meet my way or the expectations I had were not being met. First reaction, just throw the fit, lose it, all those negative emotions, everything. No one had to teach me how to do that. Now, the best mentors in my life have taught me to, rather than to react in that way, to either respond in a way that's going to, if you will, 
provide a bridge or if I can find it myself, go all the way to initiating who's I need to be or want to be in this moment to truly produce the outcome I want. And so the negative ones are not going away. Continue in the work. Stay engaged in it. And really it is putting more of the positive ones in, which requires acknowledging yourself, truly having the gratitudes, looking at your progress, owning them, having a dream, acknowledging yourself when you take steps well. Put the new voices in so that they are the overwhelming, and then we can focus on those successes, and they'll push, if you will, the negatives out. It's by filling the successes that we avoid the negatives. Kat? So we have a handful of questions all about overcoming the fear of success, and we have just as many about overcoming the fear of failure. So if you could address both of those, that would be great. No, that's an awesome opportunity. And, you know, I was speaking with somebody the other day, and they used to say that the two biggest fears that human beings had, one was uh, the fear of public speaking, and the other was fear of death. And being as, you know, I've had opportunities to be in front of large audiences and had my share of, uh, let's just say, life-threatening opportunities, I've faced both those down, but I'm still far more overwhelmed by the fear of success. And what they see now is the two biggest fears out there are fear of success and fear of failure, equally. But I think the thing they both have in common, and maybe why this is such a great topic of conversation, especially around overcoming obstacles, is they are our biggest fear, actually. And so in some way, shape, or form, one of the greatest opportunities in the basic is to explore, question, and discover who do I really define myself as, um, what are my thoughts that because thoughts are things to think is to create that are generating my reality to truly look at what is the old, if you will, replay of events and the beliefs that, if you will, stimulate them, determine them, instigate them. And so in really going over those things, this is a brilliant piece to bring this awareness that I know all the graduates of the basic seminar have this new awareness to really bring a tool and technique to it. And that is, it's an actuation of your biggest fear. My biggest fear, and I'll speak for mine, is that I'm not lovable and I'm not worthy. Well, what gets pushed on in that fear of success is I would have to totally let go of that one. Because even though I've worked on it, even though I have overcome it at levels, it is now even still an effector in my life. I will find myself reacting in certain ways, pulling off, and I'm almost even more keen in observation. It's almost like now that the vehicle's running at full speed, uh, a quiver in the front suspension is felt even more. And so my biggest fear is around, let's just say, who people see me as. And part of that is who do I see myself as? And so my biggest fear is, oh, my God, I'm afraid of how successful I could actually be if that one no longer controlled me at all and to keep chipping away at it and everything else. And part of that is, too, I have to be – I really have to admit all the time I've wasted, how much easier this could have been, I would have to make it okay for me to be wrong. Now, in the fear of failure, I think it's the equal and opposite in that when my biggest fear is failure, it's really that same and equal opposite, if you will, of what validate or what belief about me that I cannot stand about myself, what belief about me that just doesn't serve me, that just is not a part of me at all, what 
belief of that would be validated if I did fail. And that the fear of that being validated because I haven't moved all the way from it, it might still be the biggest control in my life, that being validated, in other words, it's what would success mean in my life or what would failure mean in my life or what have I made it to mean is even the bigger one. And I think those are two of the biggest obstacles. If we're talking about obstacles, those are huge ones. Um, right now, I have opportunities in my life that I'm, I'm not taking full action on, even though I've come this far, and it's painful for me to admit because I'm supposed to have it all figured out at this point, but it's bigger than anything I've ever done. And so I don't have the, something I realized today is I don't have the urgency on overcoming the obstacles that I did because on um, something smaller because this one pushes you. It's not just an obstacle. It's even an obstacle of mindset that it pushes on of that fear of success. You know, I was sitting with uh, one of my dear friends. He's going to be the chief of staff coming up here in Denver, uh, Mr. Jason Gardner. And he just started a new company with two new young children. He was tired of somebody else deciding his value, even though he owned his own company. So he really franchised and he's going to have an opportunity to have hundreds of employees now. And his biggest fear, you know, we're right up against them both, which is why I love hanging out with people that are moving. Um, if you ever find you have the biggest dreams of anybody in your circle, it's time to jump pawns. Um, his biggest fear is the fear of failure because, again, everything came easy to him. He thought that he, uh, if you will, skated through life and <laughs> just kind of, you know, almost produced results above and beyond him, and he never really owned them. And so now that he's out there, he feels like, oh, gosh, you know, these other successes must have been a fluke. And so, again, it's it's an amazing opportunity, I think, if anybody knows the solution to eradicate either one of those because I think if we look at all the programs that can splinter, all the fears, all of the, if you will, overthinking, everything, all of them fall under two tents or two poles on the same tent, if you will, and that is fear of failure and fear of success. So maybe the big wrap-up on this, because I'm almost intrigued by this, I'm kind of wanting to just almost talk this out. It's a, it's a brilliant opportunity, is to really define what would I have to be wrong about or blow up this, this belief about me or the people of the world? What is the biggest one I'd have to blow up to eradicate whichever one of the fears it is, whether it's fear of failure or fear of success? What is the belief about me or the people of the world that I would really want to go to work on that maybe is disguised as this fear but really is the biggest culprit or obstacle? And how do I want to take action on that? How do I want to support myself in that? How do I want to surround myself with people moving forward, challenging myself, who I want to risk with, who do I really want to be the five people around me that I'm going to become, if you will, the sum total of, especially to take that on and then go for it. That's an opportunity. Kat? Uh, so to follow up on that, uh, I have a question from RC here. And even though we cover a lot of this in the basic seminar, this is, uh, he hasn't yet done the class. I uh, want to know, how do I learn to control my thinking and emotions? Well, the first part is awareness. Um, almost like peeling back the onions, excuse me, the layers of an onion, is how we can oftentimes describe it in the basic seminar. Um, Oftentimes we become creatures of habit, and more times than not, we're coming from a space called react. 
we react to every outside stimuli. It makes us feel something. It has us perform in a certain way. It just can pull without us even knowing it, and that is uh, because we react so much. And so what the opportunity in the basic seminar is is to really almost get away from the reaction and take a look at from 33, 34 different exercises, what is my knee-jerk reaction to really see, in other words, how do I respond? And oftentimes it's the reaction, if we can switch it in that moment and make the behavior different in how we respond, that's what's going to produce a new result. Uh, you know, Albert Einstein gave us the definition of saying, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And so the first thing I'm going to say is to really take on a new level of awareness. Start to even ask yourself, you know, why? Why do I do the things I do? For the sake of what was the way it was put to me over the weekend? And then asking yourself that why do I do what I do? Not why am I the way I am? Why do I do what I do? Well, because... This was the instigator, or this was, if you will, the, the button, and really start to take a look at what that source is and then figure out the consistencies. Because if we do it in one area of our life, we do it in all areas of our life. It's the beauty of human beings. Great, the great thing about that is you switch one or two things about you, you switch so many things. And so new level of awareness, more and over and above rather than um, what we have it often over propensity to do is to beat on ourselves. Why did I do that again? Uh, you know, there I did it, you know, all these things. Not from that, but more from, you know, literally taking a look at what was the instigator? What was the outcome? Was it something I wanted or not? And what is the thought process that would have to switch to have anything be different? Only once we become aware that there is an alternate thought process to the one we're currently using, could we ever take advantage of it. Um, that's why I've ever heard it said, the reason you don't have the life you want right now is because your thought process does not support it. So just start to become more aware. And as Kat says, if you have not yet attended the basic seminar, I strongly, strongly recommend one of the most amazing three-day opportunities you could ever take on to walk away with years and years of awareness in a three-day setting and thus have the opportunity to truly start to Take actions differently in your life out of that new awareness and putting these new, if you will, thought processes in to really start to, I'm just going to say, have tools that are adequate and worthy of the visions and dreams you want to create. Chat? Next up from DB, what tools, resources do you recommend to be more resilient and recover from setback? Well, um, again, the morning after, the gratitudes and the affirmations are really big ones. So those already being brought up. In the moment of setback, I'm going to say one thing. It's, it's okay to feel it. Sometimes we got to slow down before we speed up. I, I'm not saying stay there. But if we don't allow ourselves to feel it and then deal with what is real in emotion and move forward from there, it's, it's kind of swept under the rug and it's, it's going to come up over and over. So that'd be the first thing is allow yourself to feel it. Secondly, not to stay in that process. Once you've felt it, then it really is. What is the new emotion I want to feel? If I was to get X, Y, and Z, what is the new emotion I want to feel? And to start to get in touch with that emotion and to really Say straight out who or what would need to shift to have this happen, to have this 
new emotion take presence and then go out and take action on it. Um, it really is okay to feel it though. I know some people that just do not deal with it. They don't feel it. They don't anything. And then they just move on. And all they've done is chose to move on just a little more numb than the last knock to move on just a little more detached from their, if you will, emotional connection to their vision or dreams. So don't get caught in that trap. It's okay to feel it, but not to stay there. The second you've acknowledged it, you felt it, the only way out of a negative emotion is a new thought followed by action. Kat? Great. Next from uh, KW. How do you decide what is the next best step in any given situation when there are multiple options? Well, the forward ones rather than the backward ones obviously separate themselves. And so I'm already going to assume we're on the same page with that. You know, that's a difficult question. I think that's going to be a case-by-case opportunity. And if you can keep a few parameters in alignment around it, I think you could make your own best decision. And number one is, is this in alignment with, you know, my moral moral and ethical values? Um, I know there's easier ways sometimes at present, but is it really what I want to teach my children? Is this really the man I would want or woman I'd want to be remembered for? Is this really, oh, if you will, the one that's in alignment with me ethically and spiritually? So that would be a first question. Another parameter I would really put on it is, is, you know, what's, what's going to be the outcome of this in three weeks, six weeks, in six months. And if we can ask ourselves that, oftentimes maybe put it this way, you know, the oh, great feeling of a low price is uh, forgotten long before the dis- displeasure of poor quality or poor service. And so, you know, that's another way is really kind of how am I going to feel about this in six weeks, six months? Sometimes the easier or fast track isn't actually going to get you where you want to go. And then The third one would be, which one challenges me most? Which one challenges me most? So after you've already eliminated a few of them by the first two questions, which one challenges me most? And that's generally the right answer, the one that challenges us most. Because if there's something about it that appeals to us, there's something about us that's calling us there. However, the reason it hasn't, generally speaking, at that point, once the other process of elimination has happened, the reason it's not calling out to us or we're not jumping at it is because it still scares us just a little bit. So those would be the parameters I put on it. And then I think you got to make your own decision, which is again, why it's so critical to really know not just what am I doing right now, but for the sake of what, where am I going? Where is it? I really, really want to end up. Cool. Next up from MS, how can I become more solutions oriented? Well, one of the greatest tools, I'll start with one of the tools that you're just going to utilize. Um, You know, it's funny, I asked one of my classes, and for those of you that haven't taken the basic, uh, one of the greatest opportunities I get to facilitate it is to see the level of awareness rise in the students to really see their ahas. And so I was talking with one of my staff because uh, one of the opportunities in this company is to come back and be a volunteer staff to be of service to others and really help them uh, at some level gain even more than you came in with. And I asked my staff if they were currently using a tool that we teach in the basic called Screen of the Mind on a minimum of a daily basis. And I was overwhelmed that uh, the number wasn't nearly as high as I would have hoped it would have been. And so 
it's what the premise of the secret is. It really puts, um, if you will, <laughs> the law of attraction, solution orientation, everything in. And so to truly utilize that tool screen of the mind and go in and utilize it, and that combined with your workshop, ask the experts in the industry, those that would have the answers, uh, those that would have the solutions, invite them into your workshop, pull from their genius, duplicate from their genius, and then really utilizing those two tools of workshop and screen of the mind, that is, I'm using it more in my life than I ever have because I'm up against problems that are, let's just say, bigger than what I've ever taken on. And that's why I truly define them not as problems, but as obstacles right now. So surround yourself with brilliance, duplicate it. Don't have to think of it all on your own and absolutely get creative in it. Those are the two best tools I know and you'll uniquely use them like no one else will. Great. That's actually all the time we have for questions. You have about uh, five or six minutes to wrap up the call. Give us any takeaway points, uh, highlights, like what's really important to remember from uh, tonight's call? Well, I think of anything. Some people um, might feel even slightly slighted on this call because there are no easy solutions for overcoming obstacles. There's no magic fairy dust. It really does come down to you've got to be willing to sacrifice. You've got to be willing to give. If not, it's more comfortable to just succumb to the obstacles. There's a vast majority of the population out there that have (laughs) settled at some level in their life, and I don't mean any disrespect to them, but I just see all human beings as capable beyond measure. That's what I mean by settling. It could be at a certain level of, you know, this is all I'm going to ever be seen as worth in my income. This is uh, the nicest surroundings we'll have, uh, and it's not what I want. Those decisions were when obstacles got bigger and we decided, or that person decided, I'll take the path of least resistance. And so the topic we took on is challenging in itself. How do you literally beat something into submission that is mean, nasty, overwhelming, oftentimes fierce? You got to want it more. You got to want it more than you're afraid of it. You got to want it more than you're going to back down from it. And so I think the biggest thing I would challenge anybody that found value in this call or said, yeah, I kind of already knew that answer in myself. Uh, Maybe I've you know, given up a little too soon before. Maybe it is this year that I go ahead and, you know, saddle up differently and really, really bring a new value to what I'm doing with rigor and discipline. I'm just going to ask that you utilize this arena, site seminars. I think it is the greatest opportunity to be around people that are in growth to go back to Staff a basic, watch somebody's lights turn on and watch that, if you will, glow of, I'm going to do this no matter what. I see a whole new way to do this. I see a whole new, if you will, depth in me to make it happen, to be around, to be engaged with people that are doing big things in their life, to, again, take yourself on at a new level. I cannot wait for Summit to come up this year, an opportunity to be a new student, to go and play with those MLS, WS grads that are out there moving, shaking, real leaders of leaders. And so I think maybe the biggest explanation point I can put on this is if you really want to be that person that overcomes obstacles, that will take on the challenge, surround yourself with people that will challenge you to only be your best. Those that 
really you aspire in their greatness uh, to even become more. And you know you're that kind of person for others to really reach out and help others too. Those two things, if you're in that energy, I'm going to say overcoming obstacles becomes more of something you just get up and do and it's fun versus something you go, God, I didn't take a step on it today. Really get engaged. Surround yourself with phenomenal people and really use this work as a support system. Set high goals and get great support. Kat, anything else you want to end with this evening? Uh, no, thank you so much, Todd. That was an awesome call. Thank you so much for uh, sharing with us tonight your knowledge and wisdom and experience about overcoming obstacles. I know that uh, you have overcome some amazing obstacles and are a great example. And there are such incredible tools in our courses. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people on this call tonight who haven't done any of the Psy classes. And as you were saying, it's an incredible resource. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's the best toolbox I've ever been given to really take my life on. It's why I would love to do more of these calls. Anything I can do to aid or be assistance, uh, you know, just looking back, as I said, have a unique opportunity looking back where I was 15 years ago when I started this work to, to now kind of that check-in. Um, it is just absolutely amazing what the tools have provided. But again, I'll say this for even the graduates that are out there uh, that do have the tools. I've had the right tool before and not used it. I've taken a, a switch plate off of the butter knife. And so uh, make sure that the goals and dreams you're setting out there are worthy of who you want to become and the people you really want to take with you. And that'll always be, uh, let's just say, an opportunity to utilize great tools and bring the best to you. Well, again, thank you, Todd, for sharing with us tonight. Thank you so much for doing the call. You bet, Kat. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone listening in. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. It's scheduled for Tuesday, May 10th. And Mr. Rob Rowe will be back with us to talk about values. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. As many of you know, we post live updates during the call on our Facebook page, and we love having your input. Go to facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts. Let us know what you got out of the call and how you're going to implement this in your life. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI basic seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's PSIseminars.com. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.